Awesome. Well, welcome back to our seventh week on our, you guessed it probably, 10-week series on the Ten Commandments. And uh, over the last few weeks, we've been covering some some of my favorite ones, like loving God first and, you know, those kinds of things like we love to talk about. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, it's been to get a little more personal, these interpersonal relationships that we have. And uh, so last week we talked about how to deal with anger. And that was really fun. And now this week we get to talk about uh, faithfulness. And so today's passage comes out of Exodus 20, verse 14, where it says very briefly, concisely, you must not commit adultery. Oh, that's good. Good thing we have kids in here today. Well, don't worry. We won't be exactly talking about adultery today, but what we consider a very common core piece of adultery, and that is faithfulness. And so we'll be talking about that today, but unfortunately, Bobby and Sally couldn't be with us today. And so we did catch them, though, this week on stage, and um, you'll have to listen really closely and, and see what they have to teach us today. So go ahead and hit it, Liam. Everybody get up if you love him. What you doing? What's it look like I'm doing? I'm fishing. Why are you fishing? To catch fish? Why are you fishing in there? Well, what do fish need to live? Water. What's it full of? Water. Well, trying to catch a fish. Yeah, but Bobby, I don't think that's the kind of water that fish live in. I, I think that they live in like lake water and river water and ocean water, not in cow drinking water. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to keep trying because Uncle Bubba told me that the secret to fishing is even if you don't catch a fish, you keep trying. And I'm sure if I keep trying, I'll figure out how to catch them. I mean, if you really think so, Bobby, but, I mean, I'm telling you, with all the cow slobber in there, I I don't think you're going to get any fish from there. You don't think so? No, I think you need to go down by the river. Oh, Oh, I think I got a bite. Oh. I was going to say, I can't believe there's actually fish in there. Well, I'm going to give it a little more time because I'm going to listen to Uncle Bubba. And if it doesn't work, maybe tomorrow we can go down to the river. Okay. Well, I mean, I have to give you props for being that faithful and waiting for your fish to bite. Well, I know I can catch fish, so I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I Like the Bible says, we have to be faithful to our friends and family and to God. So, I mean, if, if you want to be faithful to catching a fish in a cow trough, then... I I guess that's... Go ahead. Okay, well, I'm going to throw this one back and try some more. Okay. I hope you catch a real fish. Well, thanks. All right. Well, I'll see you later, Bobby. Okay, bye. All right. So if you're wondering right now, you're just joining us or visiting us, and you're like, what in the world is going on here? I didn't know I was walking into a kid's church service. Um, 
I did forget to warn you that our services right now are geared towards kids. Usually we have a few more kids in our presence, and so we have actions for some of the songs, and then we do a little character skit, and um, and we have something we call a big idea. I do believe it's up on the screen. And so we have a lot of fun in our services during this COVID season as we wait for whenever that magical moment will be when we can have kids ministry again. And so because... I'm a former kids pastor, and I love kids, and I love teaching kids. We're going to make it somewhere in between what an old folk like myself enjoys and what a younger kid enjoys. And hopefully we're somewhere in the middle. We can gain something out of this and have fun at the same time. And so every week we've had a big idea associated with our passage and our topic. And this week's big idea is faithfulness unlocks God's favor. That's kind of a lot of a mouthful, but... Um, we're going to get through it today, and this might make some of you uncomfortable today, but every time you hear this sound, hey, you're going to big stand idea? on your feet and say all together, faithfulness unlocks God's favor. You guys got that. Ooh, that was beautiful. A full room, it just kind of like whoa, fills it, so... Nice job, nice job for all of you joining us today. Um, that was probably a little weird to be a visitor and doing that in a service, but thank you for participating and playing along. And so today, uh, we're going to just take a, a look at faithfulness. And first of all, we have to understand that adultery at its core is truly a lack of faithfulness. It's a lack of faithfulness and it begins in the heart. This is found in Matthew 5, 27 and 28. Much like last week with anger, it begins, or murder is what really the passage says in Exodus. But murder begins in the heart. And Jesus addressed it, and he also addresses adultery being in the heart as well. So Matthew 5, 27 and 28, I'll just read it for you quick. It says, you have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust, here it is, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It begins in the heart. Unfaithfulness begins in the heart. And of course, if you've been around long enough, and I mean, you only have to be in school for a couple of years to realize that people are not very faithful to one another. Who you thought was your best friend all of a sudden turns and goes and plays with somebody else on the playground and leaves you hanging. You're all alone. So faithfulness is a very common thing. And unfortunately, all too many of us have experienced maybe not marital unfaithfulness, hopefully, but relational unfaithfulness. We read this in Psalm 12, 1, where I love how the psalmist just says it so plainly. Help, O Lord, for the godly are fast disappearing. The faithful has vanished from the earth. If that wasn't enough, Proverbs 26 adds to it. Many people profess their loyalty, but a faithful person, who can find? Who can find a faithful person? In our culture today, it's not any different than it was way back thousands of years ago. Faithfulness is hard to come by. Humanity, in fact, has been struggling this since Adam and Eve, right? In the Garden of Eden, what happened? Adam and Eve were unfaithful to their God. And so this hey, plagued. What's the oh, big now idea? Stand up to your feet. I knew it. Faithfulness unlocks. 
love it when I hear you guys. Oh, it's beautiful. All right. Well, don't get too comfortable. I promise you it's going to happen again. So what contributes to this? Well, you could call it unfaithfulness or you could call it just relational issues. What causes this strife in relationships? Well, the first one that I want to talk about today is, is selfishness. What wrecks any relationship in your life? Selfishness, right? Now, for some people, this could be addictions. We know many people who have allowed addictions to ruin relationships with their family or their friends or their work. It could be maybe money. could be anger. It could be even a career. You get so focused on a career that it keeps you from being able to spend time with your people that are supposed to be important to you. And so it gets in there and it ruins that connection. It contributes to unfaithfulness. I'll never forget this. I had a great friend in high school and it started out in seventh grade. We were both dorks. We were 90 pound weaklings and we sang in choir because you had to take choir. That was part of the requisites of being in seventh grade. You had to be in choir. So I was in choir with him and we were both Altos. We were very manly in seventh grade. In fact, we were really close to Sopranos at that time yet. Had not developed yet. And so we sat next to each other. I've talked about him before. He ended up uh, getting into wrestling and he became manly man and I remained my weakling. And um, we went different ways, but we're still friends. But I'll never forget how he allowed wrestling and eventually the army to kind of take over his life and it ruined our relationship. Was it a bad thing? No. And likewise for myself, I allowed, now this might seem a little weird to say, but I allowed my faith in Jesus to ruin my relationship with him. Was it a bad thing that I came to faith in Jesus at 14? Absolutely not. But because I'm no longer a country 90 pound wuss anymore, I am now a follower of Jesus that loves Jesus and passionate for him. That, 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 focus separated us now that selfishness wasn't a bad thing and his selfishness wasn't a bad thing it just it kind of put a wedge between us selfishness is isn't always a bad thing but it can be so often and that's why i really highlighted that because what was such good close friendships we went our own ways and we had our own focuses now a better solution for that at least i can't speak for him but i can speak for myself is that I could have still loved him and still been a part of his life and welcomed him into my circle. And though I tried, I was so insecure in myself that I struggled with bringing him along because he made me uncomfortable. We couldn't go out and smoke the stogies anymore and drink like we once did and go fishing together quite the same way. And it, it, it put a wedge between us. So selfishness is one of the ways we have both good examples where sometimes it's for good reasons, but mostly it's bad examples. Now, a big one that weasels its way into relationships and causes splits and unfaithfulness is broken trust. Broken trust will always ruin a relationship. Can it get better? Can it heal? Absolutely. But it wrecks relationships. And I'm sure any adult in here sitting today understands the pain the deep pain when somebody you know went behind your back and did something that ruined a relationship 
In fact, for many people, I know I've experienced this myself, it's hard to trust again when you have that broken trust and you're like, all right, here's a new relationship, but that person before who I was so close to wrecked it for me. I don't know if I can trust again. I don't know if I want to open up my life and share those things because can I trust that person? Will they be faithful to me? Well, I pray that for those of you who are experienced that your life, that you will understand that you can trust again. We trust in Jesus, right? And though people will fail us, we cannot allow that to ruin the ability to connect with people. We need to try to fix that and forgive. So broken trust, selfishness, and one that many people probably wouldn't put in this category of ruining relationships, wrecking the trust or, or wrecking what kind of faithfulness you've had in a relationship, and that's misunderstanding. That's a weird one, right? But how many of you have said something, done something that was misinterpreted by other people? If you ever speak, somebody's going to hear something come out of your mouth that you didn't mean it to come out that way, but they took it that way. You didn't say it in any way, shape, or form to, to put a person down, but that's how a person heard it. And it ruins your relationship. You know, I believe that these three are just three of the millions and billions of ways that relationships can be destroyed. That this faithful relationship that you have with somebody can be ruined. Why? Because for every person sitting in here today, you're a different person. And for every relationship you have, that relationship can be destroyed because of differences. That's the bottom line. Relationships are fragile. So what can we do? Though we cannot, obviously, can't fix what other people do to us. We can forgive them. We can walk away. But we can't change another person. But we can change ourselves. We can be faithful. We know that God wants us to be faithful. We see that very clear in the Bible that Jesus calls us to be a faithful person to him and to others. That's what love is. How do we do that? How do we develop this faithfulness or this being a good friend, if you want to call it that, to other people? Well, here it is. First and foremost, it is to experience the faithfulness of God. Amen. If you're going to be a faithful friend, that's awesome. That's awesome that you want to be a faithful friend. And a lot of people want to be a faithful friend. And they go through great efforts of being a faithful friend to other people. But without Jesus, as hard as you try, even with Jesus, sometimes it can be hard. But with the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us and has regenerated us, we can. I love it. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Now, I don't have the whole thing up on the screen because it would be long. But this is coming from a time in Israel's history, right? Where they had been brought through a lot. They were the followers of the one true God. They were favored. They were loved. They were brought out of the promised land. And here they are in the promised land. And they fail so many times. God gives them so many opportunities to come and be a faithful follower of him. And they blow it. And so finally they get sent off into this 
horrible slavery to another land where they weren't supposed to be. And Jeremiah comes along and he's a voice for God. And he calls out to them, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, because they messed it up, right? My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. Can't escape that, can you? And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord. This is what I really loved. For they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. You see, on their own, Israel, the northern tribe or Judah, God's remnant, if you will, on their own, they could never be faithful to God. They had so many opportunities, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of chances they had to return back to God. And they might for a little bit, but then they would fall back again. But because of this new covenant that we know to be Jesus, they had the opportunity to have that love of God written on their hearts. And not only is that for them, but it's also now for all of us because of Jesus. And let me tell you, when you experience that faithfulness of God, when you come in and you walk into his presence and you know that you're in the presence of God and he forgives you of your sins, and you get to be with him for all of eternity. When you have that, you now know the power of what it means to be faithful. You have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside you that gives you that ability to be faithful. You can't be faithful without it. You can't be faithful without that experience of God. Well, this brings us to today's sword drill. Because you guys are looking like, you're just like, all right, this is, this is intense. We got to calm down. Okay, so a sword drill. For those of you who don't know what a sword drill is, my sword drill person is not here today. And so I get to lead you in the sword drill because my daughter did not want to do that today for me. So I decided I'll, I'll pick up the slack for her. And so if you don't know what a sword drill is, we're going to do it the old school way. I know Mrs. Tina does an awesome job with changing where you put it. I, I'm not that gifted. I've always done it one way, and I do it one way well. So when you get to hear what passage it is that we are going to be doing today, you're going to put the Bible on your head without your fingers in it. And if you are using, for instance, a beautiful device such as mine, my beautiful iPad, you are disqualified. You do not get to participate. You can still play all you want. I'm okay with that, but we have Bibles underneath pretty much every chair and on every table. And so if you want to participate, or not if, you will participate. I'm going to change that. And um, first person to come up here and show me that they have the proper verse will be the person who gets to join and read it for everybody else. Now, for some of you, that might dissuade you from doing it. Still participate anyway, even if you don't want to come up. Okay. Mr. Liam, you have it ready. Okay, so we will have it. Oh, stop. I didn't say the verse yet. Yo. Unbelievable. 
You can't find a Bible verse without me tell you. All right, this is an awesome verse. Good luck trying to find it because it's a very small book. Second Thessalonians 3, 3. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. The song has not started. Why are your Bibles down? When the music starts, you're going to go, well, bam, you're going to put it on your leg as hard as you can. And then you'll start flipping through it. Because we like to add that Jody, oh my goodness, I love you so much. I've missed you like like crazy. All right, she she found it. Second though, last I can't even say it. I can't even. Can it. <laughs> our Bibles are extremely small. Yeah, I will hold this if you want. You can have it okay. right great right next to you. Second Thessalonians, and it's three, right? Wow, I can barely see three, it. I'm not kidding. Three, three, somewhere over oh there. Yeah, my. if you can squint hard enough. Hold on. I, that must mean I need different readers again. Holy smoke. But. Okay. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you, guard you against the evil one. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jody. Oh, my. Oh. I, oh, oh, I just want to give you guys hugs. I might get in trouble if I do that. I can't. I can't do that. I, I'm on camera. I'll even have proof that I was naughty boy. Okay, up on the screen it says 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, the Lord is faithful, he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. When you encounter God's faithfulness, not only is he going to give you power, but he's going to give you protection. That's a promise. Hey! Can't beat that. What's the big oh, idea? Hey, Imagine that. Okay. You guys are good. Oh, you guys are good. I love the smiles. This is, oh, you guys just made my day. I was having a rough day, and, you know, you guys all came in. The energy, the smiles, makes my day. Okay, so we develop faithfulness by experiencing God's presence. His faithfulness will unlock everything you need. But in order to be faithful, you do have to do work. I wish it would just be like, I walk in the door, I get Jesus, and it just all rolls, right? It just, just comes naturally. I wish the Holy Spirit required no effort on my part, but it does require effort, right? And here's my word of wisdom for you today. Be faithful where you're at. Start with one person. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a kid. Maybe it's a person down the road. Who do we have in our life? Or we just need to be faithful to that person. Start there. Because so often we think of these, these mighty people, like in history, you know, the, the popular names. And how amazing God used them. And we're like, oh, I have to reach that kind of level to be worth anything in God's kingdom. And God's like, no. I want you to be faithful right where you are. You've received the Holy Spirit. You have all the power you need. Now just be faithful where you are and change the world one person at a time. Matthew 24, 45 through 47. Here is such a beautiful 
beautiful passage. And Jesus actually follows it up with a parable just after that as well, which was powerful too. But I'll spare you. You can read it afterwards, the talents. But this one, he says, A faithful, sensible servant is one whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. That sounds pretty menial. Just serving other servants and feeding them. I mean, that sounds like what my mom did for her whole career and, and being a housekeeper at a nursing home. That, that doesn't get you a whole lot in life, does it? But in God's kingdom, is different, isn't it? Man, she changed so many people's lives as they were on the cusp of going into eternity. Those people will never be the same after experiencing the energy that my mom brought into that nursing home. What a faithful servant. And then listen to what Jesus says after that. If the master returns, which of course is Jesus himself, and finds that servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. Beautiful. I love the way Jesus works. His kingdom. A faithful servant will be put in charge of something greater. It's like the talents, right? You be faithful with what you have, Jesus will give you more. It's a principle that we can all live by. And Matt Chandler summarizes this so perfectly. When he says, God is awesome, he doesn't need you to be awesome. He needs you to be obedient or faithful. Hey, what's the big idea? All right, we're coming to an end, I promise you. You won't have to do that again. I'll promise you that too, unless Liam sneaks one more in there somewhere that I'm not aware of. So, uh, I heard that. That was really good. Whoever did that. (laughs) I got pretty good at that in kids ministry too. Hey, what's the big idea? Thanks, Liam. You knew he was going to do that. That's what happens when you put your son in charge of the slides. Darn it, I should have known better. So I'm going to end with a a story. I encourage you this week, if you want to get an amazing, amazing story of faithfulness in the Bible, go to the book of Ruth. Beautiful. So beautifully written. It's so perfect for the example of what it looks like to be faithful. I'm just going to read you a very, very short part out of it from chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. If you want to follow along in the Bibles under the chairs. Uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. That one's English Standard Version. It's a little more different, but we'll let you get to that. But the story of Ruth. You know, Ruth was married to the son of Naomi. And her husband and her two boys both passed away. She's a widow with two widowed daughter-in-laws. She has nothing going for her, so she's just going to go back to her hometown and go back with her people where she will be taken care of. So she goes back thinking that her daughters will do the same thing, go back to be with their family members. Of course, one does, but Ruth says, nope. I'm sticking with you. I not only made a commitment to my husband, 
but I made a commitment to you when I married him. Amazing. She didn't have to do that. That wasn't required of her, but yet she did. That was her heart. She was faithful to, to Naomi. So in verse 1 of chapter 2, we read, Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, right? They're back now into the, the hometown of Naomi. And then there was this man named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth said to Naomi, Let me go out into the fields to gather leftover grain behind anyone who will let me do it. They needed food, right? Naomi said, All right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters, and as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. What a greeting. Man, do that to your co-workers someday. (laughs) Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that girl over there? The foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes to rest over there in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and follow them. I have warned the young men not to bother you, and when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth, of course, is like, this is not normal. He should not be doing this to me. And so she fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. Why are you being so kind to me? She asked. I am only a foreigner. Here it is. It's so beautiful. The, the, the favor because of her being faithful. Yes, I know, Boaz said, but I also know about the love and the kindness you have shown your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully. See, Ruth sacrificed everything, her own family, to be faithful to Naomi. And because of that, she experienced God's favor. Hey! I knew what's it. the big idea? One more time. I'm glad you guys are awake now. So as the worship team comes back up, this is a moment for you. We, we make this time, and especially this song that we're about to sing, it gives you plenty of time to focus, to self-reflect upon your own faithfulness. Where are you at in your relationship with God and with others? And maybe you need to experience that, that faithfulness of God for the first time yourself. You haven't given your your life to Jesus. You haven't experienced the kind of forgiveness that he gives and the faithfulness that he offers in your life. And if that is you today, I encourage you just to to spend some time with Jesus and just say, God, I, I don't know anything about you. I don't know who you are or what you've done, but I want to, I want to start that process. Allow him to speak to you today because he will, because he's faithful. And he promised that he would. 
And for others today, you know, you're like, man, I've been down this road for a long time. I've been a follower of Jesus for many years. And there's always things that we could work towards to be better at faithfulness in the lives of other people. And so let me ask you, who is that one person that God is speaking to you about that you can show the faithfulness of God towards? This one person. Maybe you've been working on that person for a long time and you're kind of getting weary. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, could you give me that extra grace, that extra mercy, that extra love to love that person? And he will because God is faithful. And when we come to him with an open heart, seeking to do what he requires or desires of us, he will give you everything you need to do what he asks of you. So would you stand as we close in prayer and the music is playing? Maybe you need some time at the altar and this is just a perfect altar. There's nobody up here. You're safe. You don't have to worry about getting corona here. It's well taken care of. Um, Maybe you just want to have some time where you spend at the altar with Jesus. And maybe it's just at your seat. Maybe you need to spend some time just sitting down, reflecting. Maybe you just need to sing at the top of your lungs and thank Jesus for his faithfulness today. We're all going to respond differently because every person's impacted by the Holy Spirit differently. And so, Father, as we come before you, each of us will be responding differently to what you've been speaking to us. Your word is very clear. You are a faithful God, and you ask us to be faithful where we are at as well. And so I pray for every person who comes before you today in this time of singing, whether it's on the screen or here present live today. Father, I pray that they will have an open heart. And for some of them, maybe that they will welcome your Holy Spirit in for the first time and ask you to be the leader of their life, the Lord and Savior of their life to save them from all the things they've done wrong and bring them into your presence. And for others, you're going to speak to them about that one person that you would have them love and be faithful towards. And so we thank you, God. We thank you that we could be in your presence again. We thank you that that we can worship you freely in our country, God. We're so thankful. And I pray your favor over every person listening today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Come! 